Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 42 of the Haskin Cast podcast. I think it's 42. Uh, anyway, I'll double check that. But I'm not going to do my regular opening this time. I'm just going to get right into the episode because I'm kind of fired up. And my returning guest, my second returning guest on the show, Sarah Clancy, is back. And we're going to talk about what happened as a result of the appearance that she made a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Um, it started while I was actually recording last week's guest. Uh, a couple of uh, emails came in from Instagram after I had posted Sarah's picture promoting her episode of the podcast on uh, Instagram. And then I started getting hit on by guys because they thought I was her. <laughs> and we look nothing alike. I mean, I, I know that no one's ever seen us together, but we're really two different people. We really are. We really are. And so uh, I I was a little perplexed. And I sent the first one over to Sarah. Now, this guy, I believe, was the first one was in Southern California, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. And, uh, you know, he he's all, uh, I think that you're w- graceful. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how you can tell that with a non-moving picture. I don't know. I mean, elegant. Yeah. But he nailed it, obviously. Well, I get nailed clearly. it. Clearly. <laughs> uh, first of all, welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks for coming back Thank and you. putting your life at risk again. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. My my pleasure. Well, so after this guy realized, I finally, you know, because I, I kind of was like, I want to see where this is going. And he's like, hey, how are you? And I'm like, I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? Knowing where, you know, where he was probably headed. Um, and, and then he was like, you know, I think you're beautiful. I'm like, I think you should read the the picture description. And, and, and then he's like, well, send me a picture. And I'm like, what do you need a picture for? Then he sent me a picture of himself. Oh, because, he did. I didn't yeah, know that. Because I'm oh. all excited, right? I mean, I'm clearly <laughs> interested by my text, by my messages. And um, and he's like, send me a picture of you. I'm like, it doesn't matter what I look like. And then I said, I'm a guy. And then he immediately blocked me <laughs> and reached out to Sarah directly because her she yeah. was tagged in the photo, of course. And then what happened? Um, so I said, are you trying to get a hold of me through, um, because of the podcast? And he goes, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just some random person <laughs> that found you on Instagram. I go, obviously this guy's lying. You know, I mean, this is very strange. And so he talked small talk back and forth. He asked me if I was single and, um, I said, I am, but I'm not, I have a boyfriend. I'm not married, but I have a boyfriend. It probably wouldn't be too excited that <laughs> you're trying to t- trying to do this <laughs> right and, you know and uh so he kind of stopped and backed away but then i had a couple of others since then i had two marriage proposals oh two and i did yes I had two different guys asked i really want you to be my wife and i was like fantastic you should probably <laughs> maybe date somebody first before you ask them out yeah did, did they Samarian. offer a, a dowry like how many donkeys are they trading for your eternal love water buffalo water buffalo yep no, no. Well, that's sizable, and I've heard they're tasty. Yeah, so why not? I was like, uh, enter in two more chickens, and I'm sold, man. Well, yeah, you got to have the dairy side of it too. You know, I got to have be red meat. Uh, I got to have chicken. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, like an hour after this guy blocked me, the first guy from Southern California, I get mm-hmm. hit on by a guy from India who oh, wants yeah. to go out mm-hmm. on a date. I don't see how that ge- geographically could work. Yeah. I mean, what is that? Like a 16-hour flight? For, for a steak? I mean, yeah. 
Well, yeah, but they were, they, don't they, um, well, oh, I guess it's a can't. religious thing, but you can't have red meat or you, you can't, can't have cow. I'm not sure what yeah, it is. I don't no. know that much about it. Yeah, no, that's, it's their sacred. So yeah, they we're not eating steak. We're eating rice and that's not right. something I'm willing to fly out for. And that really limits our, our, our options of enjoying dinner. Yeah. It's right there. But I, I don't understand the mentality behind all of this. So you're on the other side of the world. You saw a picture. Mm-hmm. You're reaching mm-hmm. out to me. You don't even tell me anything about yourself that I would even slightly get interested in. And you want me to go out with you. And you're on the other side of the globe. Right. What and am also, I missing? If, if, if you do your homework and do your research a little bit, you'll know that this is a woman on a man's um, professional website. Podcast. That's the th- other thing I don't get. So if you if you find the like my page through, maybe it's like a hashtag or... Uh, maybe I, I don't know how the, how they might find it, but usually hashtags are are the way. And I'm big on those on Instagram. So if they find me through a hashtag and then they come across your picture, if they thought you were interesting to look at or exciting or sexy or whatever, wouldn't you want to look at other pictures and see what other pictures you've taken? And if you had, then you would see that I have a ton of other people, right? And you would go, well, wait a minute, whose page is this? And kind of realize, you know, where it says the name Scott. Mm, right. I, not, I just, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not following the logic behind the the path that they took unless they just looked at that picture and went, oh my God, I have to drop everything I'm doing and write this person before somebody else gets her. You know, like it's like it's a contest. It's war. It is. Yeah. It's whoever, whoever puts their quarter in the gumball machine first gets the gumball. Gets, gets it. Right. Yeah, it was it was very odd to me, and I was just like, I wonder if this happens to a lot of women out there that are on um, promotional videos or podcasts or anything like that, and then it's just instant stalker, you know. And it's like, wait, yeah, what is happening? You know, I mean, in this day and age where we put ourselves out there on the internet, and then it's instant. Um, just like all it's just instant media attention and it's like okay hold on yeah (laughs) well and so i i think on that day um i had posted your picture on the saturday the week that your Mm -hmm. episode came out and i'm trying to find like when is the best time when are people more attentive so it's all experimental so i post at different times Mm -hmm. and um and it happened to be on saturday and then within like an hour we got i got that first email and then it was like an hour later the second guy came along and then, mm-hmm. so this week I posted my guest from uh, the, the previous week. I posted her picture last night, which was Friday night when we're recording yeah. this. And right. w- within three seconds, it had five likes and they were all guys. Yep. And I'm like, obviously you didn't have time to listen to our hour and eight minute episode. Correct. But wh- I just don't understand the mentality behind it. And I get it. Like, if you like the picture, if you're like, oh, this is a nice picture of a person and you click like, fine. But if you found it through a hashtag, because these were all people I did not know, people that are not currently following me, uh, they must have found me through some hashtag or, or something in the post. So wouldn't you dig a little deeper and go, oh, uh, this person is not this page or they're a guest on a show or whatever. Like, I, I don't understand the immediate. The, the you know, let's click this and find out what happens. Maybe she'll write. me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you also had some other weird website that asked to follow you. Oh yeah, it was some uh, like a dating website or something followed me off of your picture. 
they liked your picture yeah. and then they followed me. It was like baby cakes. Or something. Yeah, <laughs> it was something. not even. It was not so not legit. You know, exactly. it was like, wow, this looks this looks real and not super shady. Yeah, I feel perfectly so. like this isn't a rickety van. I'm getting to you know. <laughs> I love, like, can you hop in the van? Your parents called me. Yeah. I mean, the ice cream, the ice cream's melting. Get in here. Get in quick. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And you know, I just, do girls do this at all? Do girls ever, uh, troll guys like this? I don't know. You know, I haven't, but like, I, I always am so curious about the other side of the coin, you know, Mm -hmm. like I can tell you my experience with men and them being a little weird and, you know, but there's also amazing people out there. So, but I want to know like if men get this kind of craziness from women, I mean, it has to be, and I'd love to, I'd love a podcast about that, by the way. Yeah. If I could find a guy that's had that happen to them, I will definitely have them on the show because I would be so interested. I wonder if it's, if it's a, like a testosterone thing or a male thing versus a female thing, but then you're going to have people of both genders that do whatever they're going to do. So I can't think mm-hmm. it's exclusive to men, but I think the majority of it might be male. Yeah. And you watch, we find out that's completely wrong. Right. And you're like, oh no, the women are just aggressive. Well, but that could yeah, be true. Just... I think, I think women are more likely to just not say anything for a long time. Like they're more likely to watch quietly in the background where you don't know that mm-hmm. they're stalking you. And then you find <laughs> out and you're like, oh, um, that would have been good to know four months ago while you were looking at my entire life history. <laughs> We're sneakier. That's all. Well, you're more cautious and you're more on the intellectual side of wanting answers as opposed to guys who are more um, primal and physical, I think. Yeah. Guys want answers now. Yeah. And we're like, I'm cool. I can wait a year and then I will pounce on you. Right. Like, I don't I don't care about your thoughts or how you feel about anything, (laughs) but let's get married because you have a pretty picture. (laughs) Because I really like that still photo of you not even looking at me. Well, because you're graceful. I'm grateful. <laughs> if any of my closest friends out there know me, that's not me. Like, honestly, I trip over my own feet like daily mm-hmm. and have a bruise like on my face from something. <laughs> I don't know where I got it. Yeah. I'm the Not the epitome of grace over here. Well, unless you're on stage, then you're usually pretty focused. But if it's just general life, yeah, I mean, you'll bump into a wall and as, as normal course of action, even though you've walked that hallway 50 times a day. And it's weird how the walls move. I don't know what's happening, but. I feel like I'm in the labyrinth. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. But I do the same thing. I try to think about the perspective of the other person. That's something I really try to focus on in life. I'm not the best at it, but I I try to think of the other end of the experience. And I just can't, I'm a fairly shy person anyway. I really haven't dated a whole lot. I pretty much keep to myself and I just put my art out there. But I can't understand the mentality of, She's going to want me because I saw her picture and I think she's hot. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't get where you think that's going to go, especially if you're not local to their area. Right. I mean, honestly, how you live in another country very far away mm-hmm. and you're asking to go on a date with me. Um, whenever you get over to Seattle, man, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> if I'm single at that time. You know, yeah, right. It doesn't make sense. So. No, it really doesn't. And it wasn't. It wasn't even with with the guy from India. It wasn't even a kind of like a polite request. It was almost like I expect that this is going to happen. Was the feeling that I got from it. And I really wish I'd have kept the emails. I deleted mm-hmm. and blocked the people. The, that guy. Um, 
I really wish I would have kept them because if I would have known we were doing the show, of course, I would have read them. But that was the gist of it. Crazy. You know? Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I mean, I've always said I don't understand people, but this is just getting to a whole, is it that we, that we can hide so easily behind these digital identities that people feel bold enough to reach out, not expecting that you'll go out with them, but maybe you'll show them a topless picture or something. (laughs) Good luck with that. Yeah. I don't even send those. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's just gotten, it's just gotten crazy. I mean, honestly, and I did not grow up in this age, in this generation of, you know, uh, cell phones. And I remember the first microwave came out. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, um, the first computer. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, not giving away my age. No. Well, I mean, you you read it in an encyclopedia. Uh, Mm -hmm. Oh, I remember the encyclopedia. Encyclopedias, yeah. But, you know, I had my friend Charlie came on the show uh, earlier this year, and we were talking about when we were in high school, and I think it was our junior year, um, print shop had just come out. And it was like the first year our, our school had computers. And it was the coolest thing in the world to have print shop because you could pick these pre-designed things and print them out and it was the greatest thing in the world and now you can 3d print yourself an entire china set i know it's crazy how much technology's evolved evolved a lot and so then but yeah no so people can it's easier for them to become be more bold instead of having to be face-to-face when you're face-to-face with something in a grocery store and they come up to you and say hey would you like to go out sometime you, that rarely happens anymore. People do not meet anywhere anymore unless it's on a dating app or right. through a computer. Yeah, absolutely. It's very difficult anymore. Or here just at a random bar because we have a million bars. But it's it's interesting how I think the technology I think I think first the first thing that really affected people was just convenience. Like the ability to go into a place like 7-Eleven and just get something right away instead of having to go to a restaurant and wait for it. And then fast food came along. And people just started developing this level of impatience that if you don't have it immediately, you need to complain because this is an injustice. You know, they're they're uh, ripping off your time. And, and I think it just has escalated now to the point where this entitlement society that we live in has just gone to the hilt now of invading people's personal space and just expecting that, yeah, because I saw your picture, you're going to go out with me or uh, I know you don't know me, but marry me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Because I'm clearly a class act. <laughs> I have I have a dowry. That's right. So I who did you say you yes to? water buffalo. Are you waiting on the chickens or did you say yes to someone already? I'm, I'm waiting for more than just chickens and water buffalo at this point. I'm like, oh, I got to have more than that. What, what do we got? We got gold. What do we got? That's true. Yeah, there's, uh, there's uh, jewels and rubies and uh, diamonds and all kinds of things. You know, maybe a blender. <laughs> Oh, I don't have a good blender. I, if that and yeah. fold, if he offers that, <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll buy you one of those carport where they just uh, you put in your credit card and it dispenses a brand new car. That would be so cool. Those are crazy. Now, talk about instant gratification, right? I know. You literally walk up to this thing. You don't have to talk to a salesperson at all, and the machine does all the work. It brings the car down for you, and you just you paid for it, and you get in and drive it away. Uh, I really want to go visit one of those. I think it would be neat, but I just can't imagine. I can't imagine myself doing that. I don't know. That just seems weird to me. 
that's going to be the future. You know, that's the only way you're going to be able to buy a car. Probably. probably. Well, I mean, it, it would be nice to get away from that used car salesman mentality of, you know, I'm your best buddy. And man, I, I really had to go to the hill for this one for you. But I think the boss is going to be okay with it and all that crap they fill your head with to get a you know their commission. Well, the last time I bought a car was a couple of years ago, and I was there for six hours. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It took me an hour to pick out my car, and then the rest of it was just waiting and waiting mm. and waiting for the finance guy, because the poor guy was the only one there, and it was a really busy day. Mm. So I was like, oh, this is all so painful. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I went to, the last time I bought a car was in 2003, and I went to a, quote, no-hassle lot. Oh, boy. And it was in Arizona. And, uh, you know, the, it was it was immediately that, you know, I'm just walking up and down, looking at the different cars they have, and immediately like three salesmen come rushing over. And then you see two throw their ar- their arms up in the air because the other guy got to me first. And I thought, mm, that kind of seems like I've been hassled already. I mean, those four guys are commission and they don't get paid that much base. And so right. then they're all commission. And so they have the opportunity to make a lot of money or not at all. And I get that. But if you're going to declare yourself a no-hassle lot to attract customers, then you can't really hassle people if you want to maintain customers. Right. So I, I go through the whole thing. He does his pitch. He goes to his boss to get me you know, another 500 off of the car. And mm-hmm. I, I was excited because it was the first car I ever bought, and my van was dying. I mean, I didn't even know yeah. if, it was gonna come, if I was going to make it home. And, uh, <laughs> and so we, we, we do the deal, and I go to the finance guy, and he asked me if I want the warranty, and I said no. Then he talks about a couple other things. Then he asked me again about the warranty. And I said, I've already said no. And then we go over a couple more things. And then he asked me for a third time about the warranty. And I thought, you know, you're probably told that you have to hit that three times. But Mm -hmm. if someone's told you that they're not interested, then they're just going to shut you down. So all you're going to do is annoy them by continuing to ask. And I I said, I've said no to this twice already. If you bring it up again, I walk. And he's like, I'm sorry, you know, I, I get it. And then he did it again, four times. And I just, I said, well, we're done. And I got up and I walked away and I went to, I stopped by the salesman's office because I needed to get my van back. And, uh, and I said, I want my keys. And he went, what happened? And I told him, and I said, that's unacceptable. I've told him four times, you guys don't have any respect for your customers. I don't want to give you my money. I'll go somewhere else and buy a car. And then they ended up knocking like another thousand off of it or something. And I, like, that's not what I was going for. But at that point, I was like, I don't know if my van's going to make it to another car lot. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to go through this again anyway. Oh, you know? man. So I went ahead and bought the car. But it's like, where did we stop listening to the needs of the other person of the conversation? When did we stop respecting people, especially people we don't even know, And I know that guys have been hitting on girls and being ridiculous since the beginning of time, but it just seems so much more escalated now because we can do it without any identity and we can do it without being in front of the person so they can't slap us. Yes. And honestly, women, and I I can't speak for every woman, but I like a man who actually can come up to me, like approach me in person and actually have a conversation with them and have a brain. And I don't, you know, I don't want somebody who's going to be like, oh, my God, you're so cute, you know, and just be an <laughs> idiot. I actually appreciate you guys being gentlemen and yeah. opening the opening the door. And, you know, if I'm in, if I'm walking towards the door, I don't want to open that damn thing by myself. It looks heavy. <laughs> so you know, 
open the door. If you go out of the, uh, what is it, the Aria Hotel and you're walking towards the Bellagio, um, those doors are incredibly heavy. And so there's always some like really tiny petite girl that's trying to open the door and they can't get in because they're, they're stupid heavy. So oh I always kind of like, let me get that for you. And I'm, you know, cause I, I know how heavy they are. In fact, that happened yesterday yeah. on my walk, but, um, but yeah, I don't, it, it's a fine line for men nowadays because chivalry is appreciated by some people. But then when the women's lib movement started, it was like, exactly. I'll get my own door. I'll get my own door. I am offended that you would think I can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. So it's, right. some women do have that extreme in them. Like, what do I do? <laughs> Am I going to get slapped? But I think for me, it's so inbred into me that, and it's not just for women. I mean, if there's a guy, I don't mind holding the door open for whoever might be behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, my record, though, is 30, was it 38 people, I think. Um, I held the door open at, at one of the hotels when I was on my walk, and 38 people walked through that door. And not oh, one God. of them said, no, you go ahead. No, and I'm always, I always thank the person that opens the door for me. And, you know, I'm, I remember my manners that my yeah. mother taught me. And, um, and I, you know, I, when I'm at work and I'm entering the main building, uh, those doors are incredibly heavy too. And if somebody's behind me and I can see them coming, I'll, I'll hold the door for them. Right. Whether it's a woman or a man, I don't care. Mm-hmm. A toddler, whatever. <sighs> Would it just be weird for a toddler? To why, yeah, it's like, why is a toddler going into your work? <laughs> why is a toddler, a dog, a random raccoon? I don't care. <laughs> right. uh, so, <laughs> like, come on in, pal. So I don't know what it's like to work at your ran- raccoon-infested office, but <laughs> of those 38 people, guess how many said thank you? No, none. Six. Six. That's not good. Six whole people. And and it just made me so sad. Not that I need to be thanked. It's not a matter of that. It's It was more a matter of what happened to the polite, respectful society that I grew up in. And I mean, I grew up in yeah. Detroit, you know, just outside of the city. But But even there, people knew how to be respectful. And even though there was like a lot of gangs and whatever, um, the gangs were less respectful, you know, while they're beating the crap out of you. They're not, I'm sorry, like, I had whoa, to do whoa, this. Whoa, whoa, there's a lady walking by. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, let me get Stop that door for, for you. Let yeah. me, hold on, let me get the door. All right, continue, she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I mean, did is it something that, that just kind of fell off and I didn't notice it? Or has this gradually declined over years? Like you interact with a lot more people than I do. What What is your thought? No, I just, I think it's just, the, it's it's gradually changed and then it and then it's gotten worse very quickly, I think, in the last like 10 years. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. And and maybe it is technology. Maybe it's that that sense of entitlement that I think was caused by some of these things. But I just, I can't treat someone that way. I mean, I've made mistakes. I've not always been the most uh, appropriate person in my life. But I've really tried, you know, for the most part to be respectful of people, Mm-hmm. especially people I don't know. It's one thing if we're buddies and, you know, we're joking back and forth and somebody kind of crosses a line that happens. But in general, I really try to be respectful and I just don't understand. Like when I walk down the strip, I see these guys and their jaw will just drop open if a woman's got a big chest and she walks by. It's just so obvious about, you know, the way mm-hmm. that uh, the way that they're they're treating her. And of course, you know, if the woman notices she just kind of ducks her head down and speeds off as quickly as she can to get away from the guy because it's just so 
you know, I don't understand. Uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what is it about men that if they see a woman who's attractive, they just, they, their brain stops functioning and they, they think it's okay to act like that. I don't know, but we honestly, we appreciate if you actually say, hi, how are you? You know what I mean? Not like, go, oh my God. Yeah. If you have to say, eyes up here, buddy. shake, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, is it, is it something that you, because you've kind of, you've had kind of had a lot of experiences over your life, even in your jobs and things where customers have, have kind of been that way and tried to not force themselves on you, but, you know, kind of nuzzle uh, up to you a little bit. Yeah, I did. I have, um, to the point where it was, um, to the point where, um, I had to get the physicians involved and I was hiding in offices. Wow. That's horrible. I know. Yeah, I did have one patient come in who was completely drunk. And I was like, wait, who did you drive here? <laughs> yeah. And he was like, yeah. And then, yeah, he uh, tried to like jump on top of me. <laughs> so I, wow. I had to go. I had to go in and get one of the physicians to kind of like restrain him. It was it was very bad. And how long did so. you guys date after that? Um, it was a couple of years. <laughs> Almost married. <laughs> so it's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it, you know, it's bad enough to do that to a stranger on the street, but to go to somebody's workplace, you know, you should be able to feel yeah. safe at your workplace. That's your job. That's your profession. Mm-hmm. Um, you shouldn't have to, I mean, you really shouldn't have to deal with it anywhere. There's no excuse for it anywhere you go, but your place of work, that's kind of a sacred thing. Yeah, no, I was, I could not believe. And he was really saying some really terrible things. I was just like, oh my God, how do I get out of this? Yeah. I'm trying, I was the manager of the place, you know, and I'm just like, I'm stuck. What do I do? Right. And yeah. then I put him, put him in his exam room and I walked away and then he kept coming out and trying to like, you know, be, yeah. be terrible to me. And I was like, okay, that's it. And I suppose it's illegal to just inject him with Thorazine or something. I tried. I was, he was a moving target. Yeah. He's too fast. Yeah. He's like, you just say, <laughs> you'll like this so much better. Give me a minute. I'm just going to give you this stuff and you're going to be in heaven and it's going to be so great. <laughs> and then next thing he knows, he wakes up in a police station. I know. It's terrible. Yeah. I terrible. Mean, you know, when I worked at 7-Eleven, I was threatened many times. I mean, I was stabbed. I was maced. Um, tons of That's threats crazy. against my life. And, uh, you know, you just, you do what you do. And incidentally, when I left that store... Uh, this was right around the time that cops, the show Cops came out on the air. And yeah, after, a couple yeah. months after I left that store, they did the Denver show. And I think it was 11 times they passed by my store. <laughs> yeah, so sad. it was crazy because I mean, it was it was not the best area of Denver. I don't know what it's like now, but th- at the time it was not the best. And I spent far more time writing police reports than I ever did doing any work restocking or cleaning or anything in that store. But it's, you know, it's your place of work. It's, it's not personal when you have an interaction with a customer, but they, if if it's somebody who's aggressive or has already in a bad mood or they have an issue, uh, uh, you know, they don't get what they want. um, They do take it personally. And then you become the target of it, but you're working in a doctor's office. You're trying to help people heal and feel better. And you can't, you're not getting safe there. Mm -mm. Well, how hard was it for you to go into work the next day after that happened? Um, well, the funny thing was I came in the next day and then he, the same guy came in with a bunch of flowers and it was apologizing. And I was like, Oh my God, it was just odd. Cause <laughs> he's the first person you want to see after a day like that. Exactly. And I was like, no, this is no good. Yeah. And so the, my doctor came out and 
told him that he was no longer allowed to come back ever again, mm-hmm. well, which that, was nice. And I was like, oh, that's good. Well, that probably put a dent in your relationship. You know, and it was hard being engaged. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's hard to marry someone you have a restraining order against. <laughs> it's so hard because you're on separate sides of, you know, the courthouse. Right. Well, yeah, I guess you could video conference in the, the wedding now. You know, they could do it from the... <laughs> we, we did a Skype wedding. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> My cousin actually did that. She did, uh, it was a Facebook live no. event. And I thought that's brilliant because she lives in Florida. And of course, you know, we all couldn't get down there. Oh, and, um, that's clever. Yeah, so they just uh, took this little space and they did the ceremony and they they had somebody uh, just uh, blasting it over Facebook Live. And I thought, that is so cool because growing up, yeah. of course, we didn't have these cool tools that we do now. And if you couldn't mm-hmm. make the wedding, the best you would hope for would be an eight millimeter version of it that was oh. transferred to VHS <laughs> oh that you'd get like four years later, you know. Yeah, right. No, I actually still have VHS tapes, sadly. I love that you do, though. Well, you're kind of a vintage person anyway, though. I'm so vintage. All of me is vintage. You really? Yeah. <laughs> Except those marriage proposals. Yeah, uh, those are new. But so how does this how does this make you feel? Like, do you I, and I talked to you about this uh, the other day. I said, well, do you want me to take the picture down? Because I will. You know, I'm not going to sacrifice, uh, you know, promoting the podcast or I'm, I'll sacrifice promoting the podcast if it if it prevents you from going through this stuff. And I've kind of gone back and forth now with the idea of mm-hmm. not posting a picture of the guest and just posting the show logo with the name of the guest written on it. Um, it doesn't look as good, but I don't want to put my guests at jeopardy or people feel like they can't come on the show because they're going to get accosted like this. No, I, I don't mind. It's fine, honestly. And they have to go through so many channels to even get to me as a live person. It's not like they're going to show up at my my home, you know? Right. So, I, honestly, it's... It, it's easy to um, hide behind the computer these days. It's very difficult to find that person face to face. And then I, all I do, all I can do, which is very easy, is I hit the block button. Mm-hmm. Great yeah, little feature. It is. So it really mm-hmm. is. And I find that I'm using that so often now. The number <laughs> of telemarketing calls I get, even though I'm on the do not call list. Yeah. Um, I think I blocked six numbers yesterday alone. Oh, crazy. Yeah. And uh, because the, because I have a Phoenix number, I never changed it when I moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. or to Vegas. Uh, right. The majority of them call from the Phoenix area because they they think that people are likely to pick up local calls. The businesses mm-hmm. might not even be in Phoenix, but they're using a Phoenix list of telephone numbers to, to as their dial out. Um, it's just it's just ridiculous. And I, I don't understand at all the world we live in today. I know. And we sound like our, we sound like our, our parents at this point. I don't know. Those get off my lawn, you know, yeah. I should be on the porch in a rocking chair, drinking some sarsaparilla and spinning yarns of days gone by. And on your front, on your front porch with the hose, with the kids, get off my lawn and spraying them down. Right. I just mowed that. And a sign that says, keep trucking. <laughs> keep trucking. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's just, I, 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 is there a legal way to become agoraphobic? Because I kind of don't want to leave the house anymore. Agoraphobic. Uh, just call your doctor and say, hey, I need a statement for me saying I'm agoraphobic. And I I'm total <laughs> yeah. shut in. Right. Can't leave the house. It's yeah. like, great. Except for my walks down the strip. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because those have to. So that's like my, uh, that'll be my medicine that I have to get out there and walk down the strip once or twice a week to try and force myself out of agoraphobia. That's your therapy. Yeah. I don't really have any fears. I, I, um, I'm hydrophobic because I, I almost drowned when I was somewhat young. 
Uh, so I'm really not a fan of uh, water that doesn't have a bottom I can stand on and still breathe. Um, mm, but other than I that, that, I don't really have any other fears except this thing I'm trying to grow with agoraphobia. Mine is lost in space. I just don't want to ever get have that opportunity to be lost in space. Oh, not the show, to actually be lost in space. Yeah, I don't want to be lost in space. Do you think that could happen? I don't, you know, everybody says, I'm pretty sure you're okay. I'm like, you know what? And when I do get lost in space, I'm coming after you when I die. <laughs> well, because you said that's not a possibility. And here I am lost in space going, oh man. Yeah. Well, it's good to Those know dirty who you're, you're going to haunt before you die so that you don't have to waste your time figuring it out later. Because the afterlife can only go on forever. But yeah. They're only going like, to be alive. No. So. Yeah. Uh, so can you, can you not watch the movie Gravity? Oh, no, any of those movies, Martian, Gravity, any of those things, mm-hmm. I was like, not cool with. I was like, nah, man, <laughs> see, yeah, this can happen I to would anybody. Say if, you're, if your fear really is being lost in space, I would say Gravity is probably the worst movie that you could watch. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. But I will say, aside from that heart-gripping fear of yours, uh, the movie itself is great. I loved the movie. I loved the music. The soundtrack was phenomenal. I think, I don't know if he got nominated or won an award for that, but it was, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So even if you just want to listen to the music and not think about somebody drifting off helplessly into space. Uh, <laughs> to that lovely song. Right. Yeah. The I, lovely score. Right. Yeah. I think it was, I want to say Stephen Price, I think was his name that did it. I'm surprised it wasn't Hans. He does everything. <laughs> yeah, he does. He really does. God. He was just here uh, doing... Really? Uh, well, Cirque du Soleil did their one-drop event. And yeah. uh, my friend Martin, uh, he's the violinist over at Mysterio, and he had volunteered to be part of it. And he ended up playing with Hans on stage. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it really was. He's uh, he's a fantastic violinist and uh, very talented composer as well. And it was kind of, you know, one of those uh, bucket list things that you never think that is ever going to happen. And uh, he volunteered. He, he offered his services and it just came together and he ended up playing live with Hans, which I, you know, that's amazing. What's what's like your dream bucket list item that that you think may never happen? Oh, um, I would love to God, and I, okay, I'd love to go to Greece and I would love to go to London just to kind of hang around Piccadilly Street and just kind of be a total tourist. And so I really want to make that happen. But I'm so busy with like work and, you know, trying to get it all together. And marriage proposals. and But, you know, you can and, meet a guy right. from London who might fly you over for a, a date. Right. I don't know that I would mm-hmm. trust that, but <laughs> I would definitely <laughs> bring a friend. Jack. <laughs> last name ripper <laughs> cool yeah you know they totally think uh, they normal think, they think they solved the uh jack the ripper thing finally yeah it only took them you know 200 years but that's great yeah and I, you know maybe this is the the brighter side of technology right because we talked about how how dark it's making things but maybe some of this is the brighter side like they think they may have located amelia Earhart now uh which was a mystery that's been going on for years uh they think they solved the jack the ripper thing uh, they're still up in the air on on Kennedy, which, you know, who knows, but they they're starting to find a lot of answers to things that we didn't have before due to technology. Yeah. And so I'm like, it's mm-hmm. not a totally bad thing. I depend on technology oh, to get music out there in my books. But I do. I me too. Yeah. I'm a hardware program manager. So exactly. And especially in the medical All profession, I'm... obviously, you know, the equipment is a huge part of what you do. 
Right. It's really hard to take an x-ray with a candle. Oh, I've tried that. It's really tough. Yeah, because people aren't as see-through as it would be nice as, as if they were. I know your arm's broken, sir, but stop moving. I'm lighting the candle again. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just got to get the <laughs> angle just right and wait till the flame is at its peak. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they did that in the old days. There was a lot of things that, that were just, you know, I've read about a lot of the medical experiments and things as we were trying to figure out how the body works and how we could use different tools and medicines. And all I can say is if, if I had a past life during that time, I'm really glad I don't remember it. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. The lobotomy, the number of lobotomies alone that they did for people that, you know, if, <sighs> it, what what would now be considered like a common fetish was considered uh, a brain malfunction, and they would do lobotomies on people to see if it would cure them of whatever thing that they were attracted to. And um, a lot of that was depression. Yeah, a lot These of depression. People were depressed, mm-hmm. and they would just drill a hole in their frontal lobe. Right. Well, we got you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the list of things that were considered. Uh, factors of depression were ridiculous. Like, uh, likes to read a lot, you know, and I'm like, so that's a bad thing that you like to read. Yep. Because you're a shut in and you just want a book. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was almost anything that wasn't what was the perceived expectation of what someone's life should be. If you, if you teetered off of that, even the slightest bit, then you were either clinically depressed or there was something mentally wrong with you. Right. Yeah, I ugh, I can't even imagine. Yeah, well, you know what? You're a voracious reader. Get in the chair. We're going to take care mm-hmm. of that. No one should. We're that's just you. wrong. Yeah, I know. Yeah, a lot of shock. <laughs> a lot of shock treatment. You know, and now that that uh, the this a lot of the stuff is surfacing that they've you know when they've discovered bodies uh, in in the pits behind like uh, mental institutions and things like that. Um, right. And they've, they've done the testing on them and they've kind of found out, well, you know, this, this person was electrocuted or this person has a hole in the frontal lobe of their skull. So they were obviously lobotomized. And I mean, wow, we just so many lives have been wasted in the pursuit of, of trying to understand something we don't understand at all. I know. I mean, technology has definitely come a long way in a positive, a positive way for us to help more people. Mm-hmm. But, and it's still going. I don't even know how it's going to be in another 20 years. It's going to be insane. Yeah. I mean, now that they, you know, uh, I remember Kevin Smith, when he wrote Clerks, he did this whole skit about the flying car. And I think Clerks was like mid to, was it mid to late nineties, I think somewhere in there. Right. And now mm-hmm. we have them, you know, they're, they're not yeah. available for consumer use yet, but they exist. And I have a hard enough time dealing with traffic horizontally, let alone vertically. You know, I, I don't know how you're going to regulate that. Well, and it's funny because we have drones out here now everywhere. Yeah. Have you seen them out where you're at? I have. I uh, One of the parks yeah. that uh, is near me is a uh, Cornerstone Park, and it's got this lovely little lake uh, and, and a lot of ducks and stuff. And, and you can just do, you know, a walk around the lake and really peaceful little place. And I was out there one night and somebody was taking uh, footage of the park and it was just this mm-hmm. silent light that was flying around. And you kind of feel like no matter where it is and no matter where you are, it's watching you. It's just the creepiest thing. And I think that that's going to be huge for the movie industry because yes. instead of having to fly over and take shots, you just send your drone up and remote control. Right. Well, I thought about that, but then take that a step further and think of uh, companies like National Geographic who are out there shooting nature films in dangerous areas. Right. Where, you know, Serengeti. People, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Some of the right. best footage I've ever seen has come from the Serengeti. 
And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, now with the drones, they can really get zoom in on the action. No one's putting themselves at risk. And uh, this footage is going to be much better. And it's not going to be shaky and, and all that. I, I'm really expecting a lot to come out of uh, nature research and things from the drones. Right. And they're getting affordable now, you know, even for consumer use. For 40 bucks, you can get a drone. Right. But if we circle that back to our initial topic, now what does that mean for privacy? There is no privacy. <laughs> I kind of feel your like blinds that's closed, folks. Yeah, I really yeah. kind of feel like that's true. Um, I think that uh, even blinds, like if there's a, a pencil lead crack in between the two blinds, like there's a camera that will be able to get in between that crack and, and find out what you're doing in your room. I, I'm almost yeah. feeling that paranoid about it. But then there's the other side where everybody just assumes that they're the most important thing in the world. So of course, somebody must be watching them. Somebody, somebody wants to know what I'm doing. Right. I'm playing Farmville. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that is my exciting life over here. Right. Now, in my defense, when I was at Cornerstone Park that night, I literally was the only other person at the park. It was me and the guy that was controlling the drone. <laughs> so I kind of felt isolated. You know, if there were 30 other people there, I would have been like, yeah, I don't know when it's looking at me or when it might be getting me in the shot because I'm walking the loop around the lake. But I wouldn't have felt so isolated had there been other people there. But yeah, being that I was weird. by myself, I'm like, that that thing can film me from anywhere in the park. So there's really nowhere to hide here. Not that I was doing anything that that couldn't be filmed, but at the same point, mm -hmm. it's like I I'm just out here for a peaceful little private walk. I'm not here to be, you know, in your video. So right. yeah, the whole thing was just kind of weird. And I I don't doubt that men uh, along this this line of of violating women's privacy. I don't doubt that they're utilizing that to find, say, sunbathers or, you know, see if they can see in the window when someone's changing their clothes or, you know, whatever little thing that they get off on. Um, I'm, I'm certain that it's already being used for that and will probably just increase, especially with like teenage boys who are curious when they're hitting puberty. Um, I just can't see this being something that secures people's privacy. I know. And then nowadays you don't need to be, unless you're shooting a movie, and or a, a, a whatever where you have to blur people's faces out without their permission right. to film them. Mm -hmm. um, now, if it's just a per, for personal use, you don't have to have the permission to film them. Exactly, you're just taking a picture or taking a video mm -hmm. for a home movie or whatever. So it's not like you need that permission, right? And I think about you know I, I've heard stories about guys who will like put their phone on a selfie stick and lower it and try and see up a woman's skirt I, and stuff like we, that. I've seen that so often out here, like so often. I'm sure that happens on the strip a lot too. Oh yeah. I would think. Oh but, yeah. But it's like, there's so many people here. Why would you try and get away with, why would you do that anyway? Yeah, it's stupid. It really is. It really is. And it just makes me sad. I, I think that people should be able to feel safe, not just in their own home, but just going outside. I mean, there's enough dangers with the psychopaths and things that we have all the school and, and church shootings and everything that's happened over the last few years. Uh, you know, and there's, there's enough of an element of danger in the world already, but when your privacy, when you feel like you have no privacy, even in your own home, that's, that's as sad as it's going to get, I think. Yeah. I, I can't imagine much worse than that. Like if you're in your home and you, and, and I know that some landlords have done that too. And tenants have sued them when they found that they've put cameras in the vents, uh, you know, and things like that to watch their, their tenants or, you know, if they, you know, try to film them changing clothes or in the shower or whatever, um, I know that kind of stuff has gone gone on. So how can you really feel safe anywhere? Yeah, but 
because your home should be your sanctuary. It should. Mm-hmm. It should. And then if you, you know, if you have a job, that should be also a sanctuary where at least you feel like you're, you're safe from the outside world, you know, except for certain jobs where you kind of expect it. If you're a police officer, a firefighter, um, if you're in a job where your job is to potentially be in danger, that's different. But if you're working in a doctor's office or you're, you know, you're working at 7-Eleven and you, you just shouldn't have to, we shouldn't live in a world where you have to worry about those things. Right. You know, and uh, having been a victim of that a couple of times myself, it, it really was hard. I, I remember, um, I think I got stabbed first and then maced like a week later. And I remember <sighs> it was really, really hard to go in after the macing incident. That was really traumatic. That, you know, I, I had been done a long time before. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Let's. Maybe work it, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a bubble wrap company. Or right. Maybe I can go be like a nondescript dishwasher in a restaurant where I never see a I'm, customer or something. Right. No, yep. Where there's locks on the doors. Right. Yeah. And you, oh. you know, I've certainly been in the public eye. I mean, I'm not like a, a celebrity or anything, but I've certainly been recognized on the street. I was just telling somebody yesterday uh, when I worked at a music store in Colorado, we did a television commercial for a radio station, which in and of itself is kind of ironic. But <laughs> I had really big hair back then. And that's right. When yeah. I, when I would go out after the commercial aired, I would go to the bank or the grocery store. Like people would recognize me because of the hair. Mm-hmm. And you know, that when, when people kind of feel like they've connected with you because they've seen something you've done, maybe you've been in a movie or a commercial or something like that. And they feel like they have a connection to you, even though they have no idea who you are as a person. Nobody recognizes me. I'm not not important. So. <laughs> well, you've hidden yourself away in a doctor's office, you know. <laughs> For a long time, I did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but there is a risk when people kind of feel like they have some kind of familiarity, and that sort of not that I was a celebrity, but that that syndrome kicks in where they feel like they have the right to come up and start a conversation with you because there's like a familiarity, and. You know, I think about people that are on, you know, uh, big movies or television shows. And, you know, some of those people really can't go out and and get things for themselves anymore because they're just it's going to take them four hours to get home when they just went out for, you know, a sandwich. Which is also kind of cool that they have technology now because you can order and you don't ever have to leave the house if you don't want to. That's you true. can bank online. You can order Uber Eats, store, you know, Grubhub. And you can order your groceries online, have it delivered. So you can even see the doctor online. That's true. And that's really going to help with my agoraphobia. Right. This is going to see, this is going to be so positive for you. It plays right into it. No more social. It plays right into. I'm done. Nope. You're done. (laughs) You're good. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, even, even like when you get these, these messages on Instagram and stuff, do you feel Mm. like you've like they've intruded on your life, even though it's easy to block them and dismiss them or whatever. But do you kind of feel like you shouldn't have to be bothered with that kind of stuff? You know, it didn't really bother me. I was kind of amused by it. I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, oh boy, here comes another one. Yeah. You know, and I was very polite to everybody and I said, okay, you know, and then, um, I did actually did have a couple professional actors, um, in, in, in the indie uh, movie industry, reach out to me and ask to follow me. Since oh, then, okay. and I thought, you know what, there were some positive things about this as well. Sure, yeah. And so I, I thought, well, this is great, you know. Yeah, of course. And so talked to a couple of those people too. 
Yeah. And, you know, in, unless they approach you and send you that kind of message, I mean, it, it's fine if somebody who's maybe not in the business wants to follow you because they think that you might be interesting or whatever. And, and if they don't like it, they can always unfollow you. And that's fine because they haven't approached you with some kind of agenda that will hopefully eventually lead to a naked picture or sex or whatever they're trying to go for. Right. Um, and I'm okay with that. And and you took it way better than I did because when that happened, I was just annoyed. But I, think, <laughs> and I think when you told me, I started laughing. You did. I was like, "What is going on?" <laughs> but I think it's that it's that protective thing for me uh, because I'm very protective of my friends. But also, right, like I put you in that position by having you on my show, and I feel, I guess, a little bit responsible. Yeah, I feel responsible. Yeah, even though I'm, don't I'm, worry, I'm not, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, don't worry. I mean, I'm on social media platforms, so I'm already putting myself out there as any, as it is. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm, you know, so it's not like I'm in hiding. Well, no, the that's, world. that's true. And your accounts aren't private, but it, I kind of feel like I pricked your finger and then, you know, held it over the ocean so that a drop of blood would go in the water <laughs> and a shark eight miles away could smell it and came rushing over. <laughs> That is a crazy analogy, but I liked it. <laughs> it really wow. Is. And it's it's a little Come bit extreme. Get Come get my friend, eat her. <laughs> right, yeah. And bring me the Make dowry. sure it's a great white though. She only wants to be eaten by a great white. Yeah, okay. That's right. You're specific in your in your death approach. <laughs> I'm very specific. Yep. Yeah. Uh but but I kind of do feel responsible because if you hadn't come on the show, then that stuff wouldn't be happening. And I also don't want any of my future guests to not want to come on the show because these kind of things happen. Well, it was, it was not, it was, um, it was very non-threatening to me and it was, um, didn't make me uncomfortable. Okay. I mean, honestly, the, the, this, these people did not make me uncomfortable. I've had much worse and I did it all by myself. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's fair, I guess. Yeah, for sure. You know, but you yeah. know me and of course I'm going to feel that way because I'm, I'm protective of people and I, I really like to put more joy into people than fear. So you know, yeah. uh, I, I'm glad. That, and you and I have this wonderful ability to balance each other out. Like when you're freaking out, I can calm you down. And when I'm freaking out, you can calm me down and we can make mm -hmm. each other feel better about whatever crazy situation that we're going through. And mm -hmm. I would have expected that I would have needed to calm you down, but it really was the opposite in this case. It really was. Yeah. I was just laughing and you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's fine. Yeah. And <laughs> I have people worse than this waiting in line to, you know, annoy me. Well, yeah. It's like a number. <laughs> That's true. And, and flowers to be delivered. But <laughs> I think that the thing was that, that to me, that, that was just so offsetting at first was how stupid are you that you're hitting on somebody and you're not even taking a minute to figure out who they are so that you even know how to approach them. Because if they would have taken even a minute to read the caption of the picture, to understand that you're someone who's tagged in the picture and you're not the person who's posting the picture. And that when you look at that person's profile, there's pictures of 40 other people. Why would I think that, that you're the owner of that, that page when there's clearly all these other people? Yeah. I mean, just have some intelligence, you know, use it. Yeah. Exactly. Because I mean, if you really want to impress somebody, like you said, intelligence is very sexy. Um, it is. I totally think it is. Yeah. yeah. Because looks are great. You know, there, there has to be some kind of physical or chemical attraction. I get that. But at the same point, it's like, what's the long term of something if there isn't an intellectual connection, if there isn't something to talk about? Because looks are going to fade. We're all going to get older. We're all going to get wrinklier. And there's got to be more than that. You know, I completely agree. I think that you 
obviously are going to look at somebody and say, oh, she's beautiful or he's so handsome. Yeah, I want to get to know him. Let's do and let's build on that. So it has to be some kind of an attraction. But if there's absolutely no substance and you're talking to a box of cornflakes, you're like, okay, this is not going to. Okay, it was nice to meet you. Bye. <laughs> so, but then, yeah, but your looks change. Mm-hmm. Well, they do. But I've heard nobody's going to look, look the same. It, maybe it's it's an immaturity thing. But I've heard so many girls just not care even how the guy treats them or what he says to them or about them because he's so cute, though. But that'll change. And you know what? That was me at twenty five, twenty six years old, mm-hmm. dating the box of cornflakes because it looks good on the outside. Right. You know, and that's kind of that's a, that's a was, little bit older than I would think because you know if women and, and granted I mean everyone's an individual, but in general if women mature faster than men then that would make men stupid right up until what about thirty five? Yeah, you got your idiot. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. Now I I I mean of course I'm attracted to somebody who's good looking, right? But my idea of good looking is you know not everybody else's. So I mean I have different tastes. Yeah. But um, I appreciate um, the man who's kind of strong, you know, like the personality strong. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like him to know what he wants. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what you want, I can't help you. And I'm certainly <laughs> not going to parent you. <laughs> and right. I can't. I, I, can't I'm not, I don't need another kid. I'm good with one. Right. So. And, you know, we, we talked about Southern California. We talked about India because those are just the two examples of the places that that these people came from at least that approached me but it's really not a, mm. a you know a locational thing because that's really it's just a global thing i mean you can find people from all over the world that are going to be that way so it's not you know specific to india or southern california by any means um it's it's really just a problem i think with where we are in our society today yeah and i i just you know i don't think i'll ever be able to understand the mentality of of people that take that approach i just you know i i no, people do things different for me and I'm okay with that. And, and I'm okay with the different things they do, but I don't know, that kind of just crosses the line between it, it wasn't a polite introduction. It was more just intrusion and an expectation that's kind of impossible to meet right off the bat. I'm glad you, I don't think you showed me that one and I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I figured I'd have been like, okay. Yeah. Weirdo, well, because at some no. point it just becomes like, all right, there's, you know, we, we know where this is going. There's no need to keep sharing this back and forth. Cause it's just repeating the same thing, just different people in different ways, you know, but, uh, right, but, no. but I'm excited um, for your future. I mean, I think that you're going to find someone really, really soon. Thank you. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I'm sure he was grateful. It's like, Oh, thanks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Every time they're like, you know, I'm like, um, I'm a guy. Then they just vanish. I should just start with that. And then if they keep talking to me, then I know it wasn't about your picture, but what's going to be really interesting (laughs) is to see if more like, cause I don't know. Those people obviously didn't even listen to the show because they, they, um, there wasn't enough time from the time that I posted it to the time that they, at least the first one wrote in, there's, there's no way he had time to listen to the entire show. So mm-hmm. I suspect, and, and, you know, considering my experiment last night of, you know, less than three seconds, it took for people to start liking the photo. Um, yep. It's definitely not about them connecting with you or anything other than just, Oh my God, instant uh, reaction to a picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh... That's what you get for being hot, I suppose. I, it's so hard, <laughs> so hard. <laughs> the burdens that Me we and my bear. Hotness. You, you and your eye candy. 
Yeah, me and my kids. Yeah. Now, I, I, yeah, it's it's Hi. just crazy. But I I appreciate you coming back on the show uh, to talk about it because I Absolutely. really I really wanted to see what you thought and and have people kind of get a, a little bit of perspective of what it's like to even just get a little bit of social media attention for those that that aren't a little more of a target. And uh, you know, all, all I can say is let's just be better people. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, if you guys out there want to approach a woman and just do it in the class. And do it a little bit. Get your swag back, guys. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I mean, be respectful. It's not the way to do it. I think anyone who's worth getting would be someone who's wanting someone to come with a respectful approach. Because it's kind of like I used to joke about, you know, crazy pickup lines because I just think they're funny. But then I started thinking about I it. I still do crazy pickup lines. Do you? Because it's funny. But if, if someone, oh, sure. if you, if you were a guy and you were at a bar and you approached somebody and you gave them some cheesy pickup line and they were like, oh my God, you're the greatest thing in the world. Like, how could you want to, you know, pursue getting to know that person? Wouldn't that just be an immediate turnoff? No, I think it used to be before the technology took over, but like being nowadays walking up to a guy and saying, Hey, is your mom a jewel thief because you know your eyes are, look like jewels and they were stolen or something you know i mean i think that would be <laughs> I, you may use that all you know tweak it because it didn't sound right but <laughs> right. um yeah i i think that that would i would probably die i think he would laugh if i laid that on him mm-hmm. i mean i would just be like oh thank god he didn't say you're hot you know right on the, yeah by texting me next to me at the bar you know right. I, I remember um, when, you know, there's a lot of, uh, even though prostitution is illegal in Clark County, which encompasses all of Henderson and Las Vegas, uh, there's still a lot of, mm-hmm. of uh, escorts, we'll call them, on the strip. And mm-hmm. I remember one night I was walking down, it was in the summer, so I had a sleeveless shirt on, and uh, there was a girl that was on the other side of the, the walkway, and she yelled out to me, hey, nice tats, because uh, I have tattoos on both sides of my arms. And I said, oh, thanks. She goes, come oh. check out mine. I yeah. just got it today. And I'm like, okay. So I walk over there and she had these two little birds on her shoulder and the coloring was really good. It was a really nice job. And uh, so I said, oh, that's mm-hmm. really good. Did you just get that done? And she said, yeah, a couple hours ago. And I said, wow, they did a really good job. I hope the you know color and everything holds up. And she looks at me. She's like, yeah, thanks. Are we going to fuck or what? And I thought, oh, no way. I kind of like her direct approach though. Like, I don't want to waste your time and I don't want to waste my time. So let's just, are we going to, you know, are we going to make it a deal here or not? And I'm like, that's kind of cool in a way. But in another way, I'm, I was a little put off by it because it was just so unexpected, you know, because most of them, they play a it's little so game like forward. Oh, you bumped into me and I spilled my drink all over my shirt. You know, that kind of cheesy setup <laughs> and whatever. Come back to my shitty. My sh- come back with me. <laughs> I can right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or, or my favorite, like, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going home. Oh, can I come with you? Yes. I lost my number. Can I have yours? (laughs) (laughs) Was your father a thief? Because he stole the stars and put them in your eyes. Yeah, or something like that. But see, I'm afraid that if I ever used a line like that, that the girl would be like, well, yeah, but he gets out in four months. And so what if we want to be together? We're in love. I could just totally see that being the response. I walk up. Nowadays, I just walk up to him and say, hey, I'm out of the psych ward for the next two hours. What are you doing? (laughs) I have to be back in two hours. There you go. I have a very small window of opportunity for both of us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. Well, Sarah, thank you for coming back. I appreciate it. And I'm, I like, 
you know, hammering out some some different points of view on some of these social issues, because I do think that we've gotten just way out of control. You know, I don't expect that, that 2019 is going to be like living in Laura Ingalls days. But when, when we've lost the humanity <laughs> of it all, what's the point? That's kind of where I look I at it. Yeah. You know, now I'm going to go out and try some pickup lines. and I'll let you know what happens. Good. Yeah. Let me know. Let me know. how Because right, I'm so aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find your soulmate in three seconds once you walk into a bar with that with that heavy hitter stuff I gave you. <laughs> well, you know, in in the play that I did last year, um, I didn't have I didn't have any dialogue, not one word, and I was on the stage the whole time. And we talked about this before, but there was a, a part at the beginning where I was uh, like uh, not a carnival barker, but like I was running a booth at a carnival, and I had to mm-hmm. pretend to be hitting on these girls in the audience, and. Like where I was looking, sometimes it would be girls would be there. Sometimes it would be a guy. Sometimes there would be an empty chair there. And it was so uncomfortable for me because I don't like I've never like gone to a place and hit on girls before. So it was so it was extremely uncomfortable for me to do that, even to invisible people. I can't imagine Mm -hmm. me like actually going out and walking down the strip and trying to hit on people, even if they were really drunk. I can't imagine me doing that. No. It's just, yeah, you're way too normal. <laughs> but no, that's a good thing, though, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I hope so. <laughs> you're like, wait, was that a yes or no? Right, yeah. <laughs> you really didn't answer that. Now I'm worried. Yeah, hold on. No, Scott, I promise you're normal. Okay. Well, you sounded like you said that with conviction, so I'm just going to go with it. And I think that's, nice. that's a good note to end the show on. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming back. <laughs> Um, can't, Absolutely. can't wait to see who you pick and what the dowry was. Um, let us know. Yes. And it's uh, like the next thing of the bachelorette. Yeah. This is like a, a an ongoing the rose series. ceremony. <laughs> or if you watched, cool. uh, Terrific. what was it? Season two of Joe Schmo? They had the pearl necklace ceremony, which is just in and of itself is kind of funny. Um, if you haven't seen oh, the second yeah. season of Joe Schmo, it's absolutely hilarious and well worth watching. I know. I've never heard of this. I need to go look this up in a minute. Yeah, I've never seen the first season. I, I should go back and watch that. But it's it's absolutely hilarious. It's basically uh, a fake game show. And they get two contestants on the show to try and see how long they can make them think that this fake game show is real. Oh, jeez. Okay. And then the idea is at the end, they're going to reveal, oh, this is fake and you made it to the end. So you win your million dollars or whatever it's going to be. And uh, the whole thing is really the whole pretext of the show is not them finding somebody to fall in love with on the show. It's whether the show creators can keep the show going before they figure out that it's fake. Oh, that's funny. Okay, I'm going to go look this up. It's definitely worth a watch, I will say. Uh, But come see us again. Um, Thank you for not, uh, you know, feeling endangered and taking this so lightheartedly and so much (laughs) better than I did. No problem. (laughs) Thanks for having me back. You bet. You take care, Sarah. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Scott. Bye-bye. Bye.